Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the show. On this episode of the podcast, we will be discussing everything Old Elk. We'll go through the history of the distillery, current news, and of course, our personal favorite aspect of the show, the tasting. And of course, with me, as always, is my intrepid and brilliant co-host, Andy Kleshik. Andy, how are you doing on this fine Saturday afternoon? You know, I can't complain at all. I mean, we've had some decent weather here in Cincinnati. Been get, still kind of cool in, at nights. Hasn't quite gotten to the point where we're comfortable at night. Right. With the weather. But, you know, it, not bad. Not bad. Um, <clears throat> Absolutely. You know, myself. Love it. I've been having a good time, too. I uh, Sarah and I got, finally got our uh, our Traeger grill going. We got finally got it fired up. And i got to tell you, Andy, it is amazing. The, the, wood, the wood pellets, uh, that wood fire grill is really uh, enjoyable. Is and, it as good as Tris, Chris Traeger is, though? Oh, my God. It's definitely <laughs> as good as Chris Traeger is. <laughs> um, yep, this is better. Uh, but, uh, you know, I'm, we're, make, we're grilling all this different meat. And I'm like, we need to get some, uh, we need to get some elk meat up in here ASAP, yeah. which I think is really funny because it goes Go hunting for that sometimes. Exactly, we'll have to. You know, I really want to do that at some point. Um, but I was just thinking about, you know, the meat we're grilling and uh, the, how I want to go on an elk hunt, and I was like, that kind of lines up perfectly. So yeah. now that we fired up this grill because we're doing uh, old elk uh, whiskey this this week, so I was like, that lines up perfectly. So I'm, yeah. I'm really excited about this one. Uh, so why don't we just go ahead and dive right on in and tell the folks everything they need to know about old elk bourbon. Of course. Uh, Old Elk, you know, again, one of the newer ones we've touched on. Uh, Tin Cup that we did last week is a year younger in terms mm-hmm. of brand. Gotcha. Um, Old Elk is founded in 2013. They're actually in Fort Collins, Colorado. So we're kind of still working our way through the western half of the U.S. Yeah. Um, and they were actually founded by the guy who I think founded the company that oversees Otterbox, like the phone cases. Oh, wow. Um Seems kind of a bit to me seems like a bit of a pet project because he seems like a serial entrepreneur. Of course, either way is a good bourbon. I don't mind it. Um, it's good for how old it is. Um, of course, first few years of their life. Uh, I don't think they're doing this anymore. But the first few years of their life, they were a blended bourbon. Um, again, mixing a bit of MGP stock that they were able to source, as well as a bit of Seagram stock, um, where. Or, well, MGP Seagram's, um, where their master distiller used to work, as well as a bit from distilleries in both, uh, I couldn't find which distilleries, but distilleries in both Colorado and New York State. Okay. Um, so originally, but now they've kind of developed a little bit more. They've been working on increasing their capacity as a distillery themselves. Um, they actually, I think in 2019, were slated to finish... A new 35,000 square foot um, distilling and barreling hall in Fort Collins there. Okay. <clears throat> when are they trying to do that? I think they were originally supposed slated to finish that in 2019, but I don't know with I don't know if they had any like production setbacks with that and beyond like COVID. Right. Um, like if they had any, um, you know, plant creation setbacks beyond just covid but as far as i know it was slated to finish in 2019 gotcha um, where they would be able to create a lot more of their own stocks uh, themselves okay um but of course at least initially like i mentioned they were a bit of mgp and other like sourced american whiskeys blended all into a bourbon 
A lot of MGP connections to some of the Colorado whiskeys we've been doing yeah. so far. Do we yeah, know what's why that connection is so prevalent? Um, personally, I don't know. Um, other than like MGP being just one of the biggest, at least American whiskey, um, sourcing opportunities you can get. I know it's like of course like them. Um, whether it was MGP or their former name LDI, um, and then Dickel. I think those are two of the three. I forget who the third biggest one is, but like those are two of the three big American like places you can source bourbon from or American whiskey from. Gotcha. Um, so it, it's just kind of something like like ease of access, I guess, if you will. Yeah. So they're doing it. So I'm sure they're doing a lot of the distilling, of course, at MGP there in Indiana. Yeah. At least initially, they would do the distilling there, and then. Um, I think some, like, depending on the brand, you might age some at MGP and or age some at whatever distillery is sourcing it. Gotcha. Kind of just depends on your pl- um, plans. Looks like they're big um, kind of destination stop for people out in Colorado or in Fort, you know, Colorado, Fort Collins, Colorado, is the uh, the reserve by Old Elk. It looks like it's a gift shop, uh, okay. restaurant, yeah. bar type situation. Yeah. So, of course, right, good right opportunity there for them. Downtown yeah. Fort Collins, yeah. Yeah. Um, they have that, of course, too. Yeah, um, and it was something that you know, of course, they're they take a bit different approach from who we talked about last week, Tin Cup, that they actually choose to name themselves a bourbon, <laughs> classify classify themselves a bourbon as opposed to an American whiskey. Um, you know, of course, some of that comes down to obviously naming and um, classification, but also um, you know, law surrounding. Well, what's how strict you have to be with the distilling and everything. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had a sweet Corvette just drive by. Yeah, one of the new ones. Yeah, one of the twenty twenty ones is pretty <laughs> yeah. dope. The white, I hate the, I hate color the white yeah. color for those cars. But <laughs> back on track now, though. Sorry, sometimes you got to see a new car and you got to appreciate it if it's nice. Oh yeah, sometimes yo, you gotta absolutely. Um, but it, it was something you know that with with their distilling. There's also like some of the laws on how you have to distill and like tax laws, I think, too, with it, hmm. with the distilling and um, how you classify it there, too. Uh, of course, originally it was uh, aged and blended as a four year old product. And then, of course, they would slow cut proofing down to 88, fi- uh, final 88 proof. Uh, and of course, this is something that is, I don't know if it's proprietary to them, but definitely. Is a pro that proofing process that they use at Old Elk is something that is very uncommon, if not proprietary, to them. So, whereas most whiskey distilleries, if they're cutting their proof down for any of their, you know, bourbons, American whiskeys, Canadians, Irish scotches, whatever, um, if they're cutting it down to a lower proof than what it is at barrel strength, they'll usually take about 24 to 48 hours to cut down the proof to the final bottling proof Hmm. from barrel proof. Um, What Old Elk does is they will actually, over several weeks or longer, they'll actually slowly proof down the whiskey um, that they're producing uh, with... I think actually still Rocky Mountain, still um, Rocky Mountain spring water like Tin Cup did. Uh, nice. Since it's so close to do for them to be able to do that. 
but they'll actually, you know, they actually age it or cut it down over several weeks to months uh, instead of the typical 24 to 48 hours, as I mentioned. Um, and supposedly this is for their bourbon, for their whiskeys, is supposed to actually help preserve some of the congeners found in bourbons. Okay. And it's something that... Um, <clears throat> For anybody that kind of knows the chemistry and stuff behind bourbons and stuff, congeners are kind of help give the dreaded side effect of drinking anything, which is the hangovers. Hmm. So the more the more congeners than are there are, typically the theory goes at least the worse of a hangover you're gonna have. Of course, that has a lot more effects, side effects to it beyond just how many congeners congeners there are it's kind of what are you drinking how much are you drinking and how quick of a time you're drinking it but supposedly congeners are a key factor in what help contribute to hangovers or at least make them worse gotcha um they try to remove those no they try to through their process through their slowing of the process of that cut the proofing process that is supposed to help keep more of those there okay um you know whether that's good or bad um i think is to an extent to be seen but you know it's there gotcha and that's one of the big things they say and it's something that actually their master distiller like i was mentioning earlier he used to work at mgp and seagram's uh actually is a university of cincinnati grad i think either 72 or 78 if i remember correctly you know started out I think at MGP and then ended up now as kind of there as old Elks, um, consulting master distiller gotcha. now. Uh, and he, I mean, he's well worth it. He's got a, uh, you know, at least an undergrad, a bachelor's in chemical engineering. So yeah, in theory, at least knows what he's doing. Right. Um, again, again, though, of course, this is another blended straight bourbon. Um, if it weren't for the multi-state sources that they at least initially had, um, though, of course, Old Elk would be classified a straight bourbon um, because they would be coming from one source. To be classified as a blended straight bourbon, you know, that's where you get the, you're pulling from multiple states. So okay. that's kind of um, where some of that naming, as I was mentioning, or some of that tax law and everything going on, as I was mentioning earlier, comes into play a bit. Is how you're classifying it or allowed to classify it. Um, of course, as I mentioned though, now I think they should be getting up to the point where they're starting to at least distill their own, if not directly produce their um, bottle their own um, products. You know, because as I mentioned, they were um, at least as of late 2019 were supposed to be in the final stages of a 35,000 square foot distilling and aging spaces um, for their own product. Although good. I couldn't see. Yeah, it's very that's, good. That's something you want. I feel like it's nice. Yeah. It'd be good for them to get the product actually out to Colorado and not have to be, have any part of MGP's. Like, yeah. You know, have to do that at their facility. Exactly. Um, and of course that, I mean, that's a common tactic for most new distilleries to do. You know, it's either one source their stock of bourbons and have to rebrand as, oh, well, we're using MGP initially, but now it's all our own stock or rebrand yourself 
kind of as Buffalo Trace does or some of these other distiller, new distillers might do where you're starting out with like gin or vodka, which doesn't have, you don't have any aging need for it beyond just distilling it. Right. Um, since it's just a clear alcohol, you know, just distill it, ship it out <laughs> and have to rebrand from, oh yeah, we were creating vodka to, oh yeah, we're creating bourbon and American whiskey. So it's something of, I think it's good that they started out with the sourcing, but just has to rebrand of, okay, it's going to taste a bit different now because it's now our own stock, not somebody else's stock. Gotcha. Um, although I don't know if that's, I don't, I, I think it's done, but I haven't seen anything in the news to say that it actually, that, um, that distilling space being finalized. I haven't seen anything to confirm that that's actually finished. Um, because of course it was supposed to finish in late 2019 and then, you know, everybody now knows what's been going on for like the last year and a half ish now where <laughs> everything's been shutting down because of COVID. So who knows? I don't know for a fact that it was actually finished, but I'm hoping it's finished right. because now we're going to actually be able to taste their own stuff soon, you know, in the next very few years here. Um, for sure. Yeah. And they're, of course, and they're a fairly standard mash bill, um, they use a standard 51% corn uh, that a bourbon does. So, of course, fit that. Um, although they're a bit higher, actually, on the malted barley. Mm. at 34% malted barley and then 15% rye. Um, and that's I think that's what they use for everything except their rye whiskey, uh, their straight rye, which is they at least were using MGP's 95.5 rye mash bill there for that. And then even their straight wheat which was a 95.5 MGP weighted mash bill there. But other than that, I think everything was a their standard um, in-house produced ones. The only other one that differed, which is the one we'll actually be trying today, was their straight wheat bourbon, which is uh, 51 corn, 45 wheat, 4 malted barley. But, you know, all of them are good. I've had like one or two beyond the one that we'll be trying today. They're all fairly good, all within about 12 proof of each other, um, all ranging from about 88 proof to 100 proof in our okay. products that I can find at least. Um, and I don't think they had any special editions that were like different uh, as far as I know. Uh, their website didn't have anything at least, and that would be like the first place you'd find it, right? Right. Um, so... I think it's about that time of the episode. Let's do us. it. All right, folks, we're going to go ahead and pour ourselves. We here at Distill Discussions are going to be trying, uh, sampling the uh, straight wheat bourbon. Uh, that's the 92 proof, the 51 corn, 45% wheat, and 4% malted barley. Make sure you know you pour yourself a, a glass of the straight wheat bourbon or go ahead and just try um, you know, any of the old elks, and we'll go ahead and fire this up here in a minute. All right, folks, we have a glass of the straight wheat whiskey poured here. So, of course, as always with our tastings, we're going to start off with the nose. You get a very sweet scent. Yeah, very, very, very sweet. Um, like a caramel, like a caramel apple is what I'm getting. A little bit of caramel. I'm not getting the apple. I'm kind of getting like a little bit of like a banana or like a banana Laffy Taffy in there for me personally. <laughs> I'm not seeing where you're... I, I'm getting fruit, though. This, I agree. Yeah, the sweetness, I get a little bit of uh, vanilla along with that. Just, yeah. it, it really is a sweet, 
scent. I'm getting a lot, a lot of sweetness with it, which I really um, am very happy with, considering yeah. the. Uh, well, considering that's, the that's typical of a, kind right, of a wheat. It is exactly yeah. Sweetness. It is what you would expect with a wheat. Um, Although I am getting so. some of like like a like a cinnamon vanilla. Like if you're really yeah. digging into it, like a cinnamon vanilla. Okay. Um, Definitely, but I think with that, with this high of a proof, and I'm happy with the the sweetness and the smell oh, yeah. and the nose. But of course, with the wheat, that, that, like you said, that is very much expected. Yeah. All right. Cheers, sir. Let's give it a cheers. taste. Let's try it here. Ooh, I'm getting some sweet vanilla as well. Yeah. What are some What are you with some uh, notes you're getting? Uh, I'm kind of getting, yeah, like if you did like, I'm, I'm getting some of that vanilla sweetness, uh, some of the typical wheat sweetness that you right. get on it. It kind of tastes, I'm trying to think, like I'm getting some like bready malt in it, but like, I'm trying to think of like, like if you had like a muffin or like a cupcake that was like, like heavy on the vanilla, something like that sweet. Gotcha. Like when I think of like the vanilla and the breadiness in it that I get from malt. Yeah. I'm getting a little bit of carameliness to it, but not nearly as much as I got in the nose. Yeah. Um, it's not super Agreed. complex, but I think it is a decently rich and, um, and I, you know, I, I have no complaints about it at all. I really, yeah. I really like it. It's, I think it's a little too expensive uh, for my taste. How much I'm, did it cost you? This is a $65 bottle. So, oh yeah. For, for the taste. I, okay. Yeah. For that, for that taste, I think is. They that's have, that's Weller more, 107, like yeah. borderline they have expensive. More, they have more them. affordable ones. Honestly, yeah. I like it just as much as like for for one for a for a whiskey that's as accessible as Old Elk is. I like it just as much as the 107. It's a lot easier to find. Of course, it's a little more expensive. And again, I don't think it should be this expensive. It should be like a fifty dollar oh, bottle. Um, but really, my only complaint about it is the price tag. Oh yeah, I think it's overpriced, but I think it's a great product. Yeah, it's a good product nonetheless. I agree with you. Yeah, the the the. the the aftertaste for me stays with me for a while, but I really yeah. do. I do really do like it though. I have no and complaints it, about it. Well, when it fades away, it leaves you wanting more. Yeah, it's not like it's an aftertaste that's like, oh, okay, there's nothing there. Like I want more to remind myself. It's like you actually want to go back to right. drink it. And I am getting a lot me. of yeah, and I am getting a lot of that sweetness still in the yeah. the aftertaste. I think if you're into sweet whiskeys, this is definitely for you. If you're someone who likes the weeded whiskeys, you're definitely gonna like this one. Oh yeah, I'd agree with you a hundred percent there. Awesome. All right, folks, that's it from us this week. Make sure you go over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts to subscribe, leave a review, and listen to every episode of Distilled Discussions. Uh, share it, you know, go to our Facebook page or Instagram page, wherever we are on social media. Follow us, like us, share us. We really appreciate your guys' support. Have a yeah. great week. Pour yourself another whiskey, and don't worry, America, we'll be here to drink with you next week.